keep Beach City quarantined. I'm Liz, that's Aaron, and you thought we were done? You thought we were going to take a break? Rebecca Sugar won't let us. She won't let us do these things. Oh, wherever shall we watch the Steven Universe movie? I don't know. I don't know where it's going to be. And then last week, what should happen? But a post saying, thank you, HBO Max, for hosting the Steven Universe movie. And now we know what we're doing this week. Yeah, um, we both kind of like, we saw that post and Liz kind of goes, do you want to watch it this week? I'm like, you're the one that wanted to skip. So we're bad. You know, I it was, it's Harry Potter all over again. I thought I could just sit and sip and <laughs> savor and I'm just devouring all of it. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, I did. Um, I, I, I was excited to watch this because this was even if we take a break now, this is actually how like whenever you first suggested this, this is how I wanted to do is to watch the movie and then take a break for future. But, um, cause we still don't know. Thank you, Rebecca, for giving us the movie, but we still <laughs> don't know where to watch future. So yeah. that's something else to think about. But it's the first week back at school for me and for a lot of people. And I thought to myself, surely I won't have time to watch this movie to talk about it. And then Monday rolled around and I said, I need my Steven Universe fix. We've been doing it for 18. I'm sorry. 19 weeks in a row we've been doing the Steven Universe Keep BCD Quarantine yeah, this Chill is Appreciation n- Fancast. This is number 20. Number we 20. have not missed a week. Not one. And why start now? <laughs> so after last week's two and a half hour long exhibit, which you can listen to, it has been uploaded last week's episode where we talk about the Hang series on. finale. Sorry. Sorry what? It's not recording our audio. No. Yeah. I apologize, everyone at home. What do you mean it's not recording? It's recording, but not our audio. So I have to fix this real quick. Um, can Should I, I vamp? Vamp. Vamp hard. Mm-hmm. Do you like our cups? We have had these cups for many years, and it was only after finishing watching the entirety of the show that I remembered, oh, we could have been using these as, like, the cups that we drink from when we talk about Steven Universe. And I don't know why I didn't think of it. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know it's because we own 30 cups, but we only ever use the same two. So we're bad with all of our extensive selection of glassware. Um, if you guys know where to watch Steven Universe Future, I am guessing it will eventually be released, but seeing as the movie just came out, in 2019 and future came out shortly after that it probably hasn't been long enough for them to consider putting it on any sort of streaming site yeah i don't think uh well you're talking about future yes yeah they they usually do like a three month policy for movies i know for certain i don't know if that's the same thing for tv shows any luck no it's it's really weird well good news aaron as we learned last week, we can pull the audio straight from the video. Yes, it is a process, but it's... It is doable. It is doable. So let me try this one more time. And if not, we'll go for that. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm not seeing it record at all. Interesting. But we are still live. Yes. All right. That's all we need then. That's so weird. I don't. Aaron discovered a way to dive deep into the code of the website of the Facebook live stream to figure out how to pull audio. Because, as you all know, for at least half of these episodes, our audio comes in really beautifully clearly because you are hearing exactly what our microphones are. Yeah, we um, it's uh, it's working here what to the, the to the phone but for some reason it's not working on the laptop which is not good it's not good but you have confirmed that it is working through the live feed we can check it's working yes all right well let us continue on and sorry audio only listeners you will never hear this section of the podcast because was yeah. <laughs> cut here so we watched the movie Yes. Um, yeah. So we finally were like, we kind of just said, hey, let's watch the movie. And we watched it last night and um, I enjoyed it. Um, I loved the music. I loved the new character. 
And I love the kind of the growth that these characters are going through. I wish that there had been a little bit more changes to some of the other gems, but there was enough to kind of that it was quote unquote fresh, especially because we went from last episode of season five to this almost immediately. So it's hard whenever like people want the same thing over and over. And we wanted something just a little bit different for me. I am glad we watched it. We shouldn't have watched it one week after finishing the series. This was supposed to take place two years after the events of the series, the first five seasons. And going straight to it, it was so like it. I I understand it now. Why it was supposed to take place two years afterwards? Because we as the audience are supposed to wait for two years for this to come out. We're supposed to breathe and reminisce and say remember that very good show yes i remember oh it'd be so great if and when and <laughs> then come up with a movie and then be like oh, i remember all these things yes and if and when because seeing it so fast after the last one i don't know kind of made the whole thing feel just at the first at first viewing a little trivial like why is this even here why does the movie exist and we're going to get like, this is the first time I've ever been like critical of Steven Universe. And I don't think it's going to last for the entirety of the episode, but I've been so used to digesting this thing in 10 minute chunks. And now we get to a full movie and there are things I loved about it. And there are things that I had to grow to accept because it's, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So uh, spoilers. Spoilers. So if you've not seen this movie, um, wait two years and then come back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm laughing at you. Well, as long as I'm funny on purpose, you can laugh at me. Uh, so two years has passed since the series finale, Change Your Mind. Steven has grown up more. Uh, we have learned from previous episodes that Steven can grow, but it's a lot more tied to his... Human mental form. emotional stability as opposed yeah. to like actual aging like he didn't age for eight years he just looked exactly the same but his human body is still aging it's still growing uh because at the end of that episode he had one uh um, one little hair yeah. yeah um so in this one steven's big change to being adult is he has a neck now and that's weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's what you focus on. He didn't have a neck before, and now his he has a neck. His voice is 100% different. It's it, probably this uh, voice actor, Zach Collison, his actual voice instead of, you know, hi, I'm Steven. It's more like, hey, what's up? I'm Steven. Uh, can I take your daughter to prom? Is that okay? So my, my deep-voiced necked boy <laughs> is now more grown up. Uh, and well, this is... Wearing a blue shirt with a star instead of a pink shirt with a star. But he's wearing this pink bomber jacket, which, which is, is fun. fun. Yeah. A little varsity jacket. And it launches straight into uh, opening song, opening credits, opening curtains. Very much like an old-fashioned Broadway musical sort of vibe. Or like the old uh, Hollywood um, movie musical. Uh, or even the old classic like Golden Age Hollywood, like uh, Wizard of Oz and uh, films that came out around that time. When they had all of the credits at the beginning instead of at the end, um, which kind of is a fun idea um, that people don't explore as much anymore. But that's because people are waiting to get into the movie. They want to have, you know, a very big thing uh, happen immediately or at least, you know, they want to get into the movie. Yeah, they went the opposite way by making post trailer post so post credit movie scenes that you had to stay around and watch all 10 minutes of credits if you want to see the scene at the end yeah i want to see if doctor strange shows up in hulk 3 or something like that exactly uh it does give the audience like a little bit of breather a little bit of backstory with its first song which is just talking about uh the tale of steven and then we get this little storybook telling pretty much the entire story of steven and the crystal gems the tale of steven which is a book by the by, a fun uh, children's books in the style of those golden little golden book, those little pup golden book hard cover books, which I think is adorable. And we uh, see the diamonds right after Aaron said, I don't think the diamonds are in this. And then they show up immediately. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think they're going to be in this one. No, I was like, I was calling it early. And then, of course, first scene, there they are. I'm like, and, and I'm wrong. Yep. 
Uh, one thing I hadn't thought about, Aaron, if we may move out of the movie for a moment, is that... I mean, we've got an hour. We can, we've got time we're, to we're, kill. Let's, yeah. let's play around with the space here. Play with me in this space. Play with the space. Um, what do you think about the idea that this movie can be seen by people who are not watchers of the original show? Is this a movie that if you haven't seen the series, you would enjoy? Or, like so many adaptations, is it made only for the fans and thus is hard to get into. I, my personal opinion, like my straight opinion with not much facts behind it. Have is, we ever done facts, but go on. I try or I try to look at things from both sides. Um, I'm going to say no, because I honestly believe that even though they give you a recap, even though um, it's uh, you, you've got, kind of an introduction and you know you get told about things that happened in the series in the show and like even in the movie itself there are they revisit some areas and some character stuff but even then i think this is for the fans like um straight answer short answer no I, i i don't think you can not watch the series and then watch the movie um, I'm a purist that way. I'll, I'll admit that I'm a purist. That's, but... a, that's a purist. We will never know. This is only a hypothetical because we did not watch the movie first. So we don't have any idea if this reads uh, to people who are uninitiated. However, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think that the plot of this movie is so indicative of the character growth throughout the entire series that you could watch this. You could get it and while there would be some unanswered questions i feel like everything kind of flows in the correct way um it even like spoils like the whole series the very beginning so it's not like you wouldn't know the big twist and why things happen the way they do yeah but you don't um and again uh, i'm a purist on this i think when you don't grow with the characters, it's a lot more arbitrary. And the fact that they kind of rush through things in the movie I, really makes me feel like, no, you have to have watched the series to appreciate the movie. Okay. Well, then, does this at least rank higher than either the Pokemon or Digimon movies? Uh, in, that's in a weird question. That, I mean, it, this is better. This is the best one of the three. Mm-hmm. I, I hands down. Well, there's no competition. No, I don't know why you're bringing up Pokemon and Digimon. The the idea that someone who wasn't innately knowing of the lore could watch it and enjoy it. Pokemon makes no pretense about telling no. you at all what Pokemon are and why they do what they do and what is the thing. It's... They want they want to try to spread that out. They really want to they they spread themselves a little too thin, but they do want to say, "Hey, here's what Pokemon. Hey, here's the main character. Hey, they don't this do is... that in the movie. We, I've seen the movie. I went to that premiere. They don't do a dang thing. It's, and I will admit, it's been a while since I've seen the Pokemon movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon movie two thousand. Um, I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like. Pokemon, you could jump in on an episode and jump out and then jump back in two seasons later and not really have missed much. Yeah, well, Pokemon wasn't a plot heavy episode, if I may be so bold. It was almost it was almost slice of life. It's not, but it's almost. Uh, Rebecca Sugar actually talks about how when Cartoon Network first approved the show, they said, OK, but you can't do it like with a plot line. You can't do it where it's. <laughs> You can't do it where it's shown in order because we're not going to guarantee that we can show these episodes in order. It has to be more Adventure Time where you can jump in at any point and you'll understand what's going on. even Adventure Time has a plot. Even then, yes. Once like Finn has a certain sword, that sword has to show up in future episodes. Sadie he has her scar. Yeah, like all these things. Exactly. So yeah. eventually I think Cartoon Network kind of, like as we've said before, kind of caved each time because it was yeah, so because popular. Yeah, because the shows were so incredibly popular, they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm 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 still I'm uh, I'm still team you have to watch the series. Digimon is a little easier to access. Be- really? I don't know, hun. <laughs> I Okay, you're asking my opinion and then and then immediately discrediting I wanna, it. I really just want to fight you on this. So. No, I don't know why. I don't know I I love you. I don't know why you want to fight me. Um <laughs> I guess it makes for good radio or a good video. <laughs> but the the fact of the matter is is has someone who has seen a lot of Pokemon or at least a lot of the beginning stuff of Pokemon and the first two iterations of Digimon, uh, the first set of Digigest and the second set, the movie was accessible. But 
the thing is, is even Digimon had new elements. The Pokemon movie had a little bit of new elements. I would say that has the least amount of new elements. Well, it's kind of tied with CD Universe, Universe would only, in fact, only introduces one new element. And based on what we know of the, the uh, characters, see, it that's makes... where I disagree because it does introduce um, the the new gems, the homeworld gems, little homeworld. Uh, it introduces a whole other thing that happens halfway through the movie. Well, we can be spoilers. Go oh ahead. yeah, yeah. So spoilers. Uh, Stephen and Greg. Uh, you know, it's Stag. not. It's it, uh, not a. Um, not that he's never fused with a human because we have Connie and Stevani. Um, you know, one of the best characters in the series, but he's never done it with his dad. So, but both Spinel and Steg make sense within the context of the universe they're building. It's not just, and then some big bad came but from beyond the sea. It's not its own separate universe. It's a part of this other one. Like I'm going to guarantee you that when the Bob's burgers, Bob's burgers movie comes out, you will need to have watched the series to really appreciate the movie. I think definitely as always, of course, if you have read the original source material, or seen the original source material, it of course is better. It's not an adaptation, though. It's an extension. It's a, um, and especially because Steven Universe were 15 minute episodes at the longest, 45 minutes. They now are doing an hour and a half, and they still even stretch that out just a little bit. Um, you think it felt stretchy to you? Not, not exactly. They they kept the flow very good, um, but there was times when it's like. Oh, yeah, this would have been an episode cut. This would have been an episode cut. This would have been an episode cut. Interesting. For me, it felt like they told a cohesive story. I was actually a little nervous because usually they do 10 minutes, and now it's a whole hour and a half long movie. It never felt like it dragged to me. It all seemed to make sense, and the storyline didn't flag anywhere. It, it kept its focus the entire way. It did, and it didn't. Um, and that's... that's and I think that's because they were used to doing tight 10 minute episodes or again, only extending for certain, certain episodes. Um, but with this one, there were times when it dragged not dragged, but the story lost focus a little bit. And I think it was because they had to go from 10 minutes to, you know, 80 to 90 minutes. That's a huge jump and to have a complete story within it. I would give you it if it didn't have music, but it does have music. It's almost entirely musical. It's almost entirely. It's almost an opera at certain it's points. Not. Where it's, it's just really song not. to song it's to a, song. It's a, it's a musical. The yes. soundtrack is over 40 songs on it in an hour and a half movie. Yes, but it's not as bad as Hamilton, where Hamilton, <laughs> it literally everything yes. is wrapped. So I think I like sung. the length of it seems good to me because there's a song happening even when it's a longer portion. It doesn't seem to drag because there's something interesting. That's happening. not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the story did become a little muddled at points. He he was trying to get this person's memories back and then he went over to this person and there wasn't a cohesive flow to it. It really felt like they had kind of considered doing this story. Not necessarily they wanted to do the movie because they wanted to do this since uh, 2015 according to IMDb's uh, trivia. Um but they wanted they may have wanted to do this particular story as episodes, but then chose to condense it and not condense it, but to tell it cohesively into one movie. Hmm. So that's I, I'm because I could feel like there was times like something would happen and then they'd move to the next scene. And I'm like, that would have been an episode cut if this w if these were just normal episodes instead of a movie, it would have been episode cut episode. All right. cut. I concede that to you. I don't think you've been better as episodes, though. I'm not saying that. Yeah. The the story, as it were, is that the gems all get a hard reset. And Steven has to help them find the pieces of who they are so they can return to who they once were. They've basically all been factory setting specifications. Everyone's back to basic. And Which he is has to so weird. This is such a weird thing to introduce in the movie. But also, where else would you introduce it? It's kind of a... It, it's... It's not a Deus Ex Machina, but it is. It's kind of teeters on it. I think a Rejuvenator is so... Yeah, that's a great weapon to bring into play because the be they are beings of light. So it's a great idea to just have this light weapon be the thing that would just reset them. 
And that strikes me. But they never talked about anything like this mm -hmm. until the movie. Like th there was not even a mention that someone could be reset like that. Because if there were, wouldn't White Diamond, Yellow Diamond, or Blue Diamond have used it a lot more before now? Because why was it pink? Entirely possible, yeah. See, this, this movie has its flaws. It has its achievements, too. So, um, do you want to do, like, a quick overview? Uh, sure. So, the... Because we definitely, have like, skipped over well, that. Uh, the movie starts out proper with the Diamonds asking Steven to please stay with them on Homeworld because they miss Pink so much. And we know you're not her but you remind us so much of her, please. And he's like, I'm going to go back and live with my friends. And he says it on uh, a big broadcast that's being sent out throughout the entire universe. And just getting away from this very cloying sort of motherly attention that the diamonds are foisting on him. You don't need friends. You just need your mother. <laughs> and he comes back to Earth. And while he's singing, we see how the temple has changed since its uh, destruction near the end of season five last time we saw it, how there's this new place uh, that Steven lives up in this like biodome, which is very reminiscent of the jungle moon spheres that we saw when he was traveling as Stevani. Um, and we go out to town. We see everybody out there. We have this big talk. Uh, it's very frozen, too, in the beginning. Things are perfect. Nothing should change. Happily Ever After is here. What? And again, the idea of what happens after Happily Ever After is such a hard thing to do when you make a cohesive storyline. And Steven Universe had a cohesive storyline from beginning to end. They knew exactly where they were going, and it made its way there organically. Are you talking about the series or the yes, movie? Yes, series. I, I disagree that they knew where they wanted to go from beginning to end. I think they had an idea for Rebecca for Rebecca. She did. She had a giant Bible that had everything she knew before the show even started, what every fusion was and what their weapon was like. She had this giant. She was uh, very interested in the idea of limitations on how you tell a story. Uh, for her, the limitation that they set in Steven Universe is that we only ever know about things from Steven's perspective. And so the world only opens up as he learns more about it, as opposed to us knowing things that he does not know. And that's a really good way to tell a story when it's a coming of age sort of thing, where as the world opens up, you open up, you learn more as your main character learns more. That's why, like, um, the young adult, um, young person thrust into this uh, world, uh, a la Harry Potter, um, uh, uh, Percy Jackson, those kind of movies, and you could say Artemis Fowl, even though it was awful. Um, I don't know if I'll ever go now without get, getting a dig in at that because it just hurt me so much. Um, but the young person thrust into greatness or into a different world um, writing trope or character trope or even story trope is that's why it's so popular because then the audience gets to experience the. Um, the world as the main character does. I think Rebecca was clever with Steven that it's not straight up. He didn't know he was a gem until this point. Right. He has been living as a gem human fusion, his entire life hybrid, his entire life. And it's up to us to figure out as he starts to have critical thinking about how the way things are like, wait a minute. Why, why is this the way this is? Why? Why? Uh, so we have this uh, beautiful moment of all of them. Why? sitting on top of a hill and saying, I just wish it could be perfect like this forever. And then, of course, enters a giant drill, which is just how gems do business, I suppose. And that thing is so imposing, like the, the design for it and just the scope of it. It's just super like the giant DNA injectors in the kindergarten. It's just yeah, like those were imposing, but they were more creepy than like terrifying. This thing is like imposed like like this is into the world like if the diamonds ships were a little bit bigger, it was like that. Like when the arms first came down, like I was like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And we get our antagonist Spinel and Aaron had to ask me for clarification. Is a Spinella gem? Yes, it is. It's more so not because of the name, but because of the, uh, gem itself because it's heart shaped. 
I know. How cool is that? It actually does look like that in the wild. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. In the wild when we hunt wild gems. <laughs> Here we are in the forest hunting wild gems. Uh, we've hoped to see an amethyst today. But uh, if we find a pearl, then we'll still be lucky. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. It's a garnet and it's singing at me. And I'm enthralled. My goodness. Oh, it's, it's, it's a song about love. Who knew? Uh, Spinel does sing a song. <laughs> And uh, she sings. She sings many songs. She but sings at least two. I do. We gotta talk about Spinel. So Spinel. That, this the whole the whole movie rides on Spinel for me because the rest of the plot is Stephen having to uncover what makes the gems themselves so they can return to who they used to be, which is pretty much just a little. Uh, snapshot of their five season long character development amethyst learning that's why i'm like no you gotta watch the movie because like y you don't get to appreciate it as a oh, new course yeah if you have yeah. to condense amethyst journey into 10 minutes this is the way to do it you start with her copying everyone because she's insecure and then eventually have her doing the things that she wants to do that well, she enjoys she, like sh her whole thing was is that she was supposed to copy like her her higher ups her other amethyst her other jaspers that yeah. kind of thing and i love seeing her start off and just literally copying what all the other gems and humans do because she doesn't know how to just be herself uh we have ruby and sapphire who have to learn how to fuse all again and then what fusion even is for them and like learn that they do like each other and they actually have a much deeper relationship than you know most other gems mm -hmm. and, and it's they i felt like that one was natural that one you could have easily just been like now kith you know <laughs> but they didn't do that they they took their time with garnet which is good because garnet is a very complex character and then we have pearl who starts off uh as umgre universe's pearl and has to learn to umgre universe be her own pearl she's she doesn't belong to anybody she can be independent together <laughs> that, that was a cool song um but the so, so all these little mini arcs, mm -hmm. what we were saying, all these yes. little mini arcs of our mini characters, even Steven has his arc too. And we'll get to that at the end. But Spinel is what we have to hang this on because it's a heretofore unknown entity that has to enter and somehow have a personal connection to our main hero without it feeling like you just i just you just got pulled out of the netherworld to have an antagonist yeah it's like oh we have to have someone else for you to fight here you go now make friends kind of yeah. thing but um i i disagree with one statement uh that you've said in this last little tirade um that the movie completely rides on spinel i actually disagree i think it rides on spinel and steven because he has to go through so much in this hour and a half um, and has to help everyone else out in that same time that they don't get as much time to have to be appreciated. Like Pearl is probably the only other one that gets as much time as Steven or close to it because Connie's barely in this. Um, the uh, Crystal Temps uh, <laughs> with uh, Bismuth now in instead of Connie they're they they have a few good scenes but they're barely in it uh like we we're we're used to having full episodes dedicated to these characters to lapis to peridot bismuth connie doesn't matter this one we got little sporadic bursts and it was okay because it, this is actually a fairly large cast so where this movie can be made or break made or broken rather is the main character that you follow as the um, point of view point of view throughout this entire thing. And I think at first I wasn't crazy about what they were doing. And then when I, when I kind of realized what and understood what they were doing, I liked it. And I think that it, it challenged even. And unfortunately when you're the main character of a story, you have to be challenged. You have to be uh, pushed to limits sometimes. And the limit that he was pushed to with this one didn't feel excessive. It felt right for this story. Like if it was a different kind of story, I don't think it would have worked, but I think because of his story and the main full on story, his arc in the main full story worked together in, in, con uh, in conjunction. Um, but Spinel was a good character too. I think that, shows that they can still create good solid characters 
not out of thin air, but you know, like, well, we need to have someone for the movie. Well, what about this? What if she had this? What if she had that? What if she had this? Okay, it works. Yeah, Spinell is this uh, Fleischer old 20s style animation Rubber character. hose. Rubber hose animation, correct. Uh, she has, as Aaron pointed out, the Mickey Mouse ears where no matter which way she turns, the ears are always flat. You never see them the other way. Which is is 100% on purpose. Um, if you ever like watch... Uh, like a Mickey Mouse Club or the shows or something like that, his ears will always be flat, so that way he can be easily identifiable on screen. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, it was actually a Walt Disney thing. I, I wish some other shows would take that into consideration too. You ever seen The Simpsons straight on? It's terrifying. <laughs> They're meant to eat in three quarters in no other yeah. way. <laughs> oh my gosh, what happened? Uh, so she comes down with just this doodly bop intensity anger it's really like that's that's why it works for me as an antagonist because she acts and moves so differently than any other gem we've come in contact with and not only that her creepiness and anger are a direct result of the animation being done in that creepy early 20s style everyone else and we saw this kind of at the beginning of the series um there was a lot more loosey goosiness like arms were waving and uh people the the animation was a little bit freer or the character designs were a little bit freer and they tightened up near closer to the end of the first season um which was good and it, it, i think it kind of helped mature the show a little bit shows like adventure time and um the other ones were like people's arms can be that still that fleisher that rubber hose there's nothing wrong with those kind of shows or there's nothing wrong with that kind of animation. And they still incorporate that every so often. But I think because of now the contrast of like Garnet, who, you know, when she moves, it feels like it has weight behind her. It feels more natural. Whereas with her, when she walks, she fucking squeaks. So it's like they had a lot of fun with her design, with her animation, uh, with her. I really feel like it. And, um, if you've played Cuphead, she's like a boss in Cuphead, which was absolutely influenced by like Fleischer and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, but yeah, like the, the silly zany, like stretchy limbs, like her height is actually a lot closer to where Steven is in the movie. But like when she's mad or when she's aggressive or something like she that, bigger. she is like, elongated almost slender man-esque yeah and because the weapon that she introduces the rejuvenator she along with the crystal gems gets reverted back to her original state and we learn the sad truth of any time that steven has to deal with his mom is that his mom just did so much shit and then left and now he has to deal with the fallout of every single thing that she's ever done. And that's kind of like at the end of it, when he talks about, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be happy with my friends. I'm glad that we're all back on this side of happily ever after, but I'm never going to be done. It's never going to be over. There's always going to be someone that I need to help. And he says it to uh, Spinell. Actually, he says like, I've always, I, I all will always have work to do. And it's like, fuck, I know it's just so mature. <sighs> Like, Steve, like, when did you get so mature? I'm somewhere between learning my mother was an internet, intergalactic criminal and learning how to float. <laughs> somewhere in there. And Steven has to relearn all of his powers because while the rejuvenator doesn't poof him, it does mess up all the stuff that he's learned along the way. And the lesson that he has learned, his missing piece, is that he does have to change. Things can't stay the way they are. We have to move on. Yeah. Um, it's. And that's the thing, too, like with Anna and Steven's songs from Frozen 2 and the this movie, respectively, when people sing about that, it's almost like the filmmakers or the writers or whoever are like specifically like dangling like, like, oh, look, heavy ending, happy ending. No, no, can't have it. Not done yet. Like, didn't they do that at the beginning of Tangled to the, the show? Like, it's like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I wish nothing would change. Black spires. Yeah, Black it, spikes. it really does feel Sorry. that way. Spire. You're not saying it right. Spire. Spires? Spire. 
for those of you who've seen the series know what we're talking about. Or we're just being weird again. Both. Um, so for me, I think that the movie had to retread character growth to make it accessible to people beyond just fans. Yes. But at the same time. Why? Like, what, what do you mean? Why? Why do you have to make it accessible to everyone? I'm not saying like, oh. no, this is my sandbox. Yeah, you it can't is. Complain. You're saying that you can't complain with my toys. But I, how I, about this? The fact that it was a movie that premiered in Hollywood that you paid money for. Like yeah. that was an actual movie. Yeah. Like Harry Potter was made for the fans, obviously, of the Harry Potter books, but other people still went to see it right but they because they were so you keep coming back to like the harry potters and the stuff like that those are adaptations this is a continuation of the story this isn't an adaptation this isn't its own separate story even though it is self-contained in this hour and a half or hour and 20 minutes it's not an adaptation like the harry potter books or sorry the harry potter movies peter jackson all these other things, like based on comic books and stuff like that, these are adaptations. They're not the end-all be-all of these things. Lord help me, let something else come from Martimus Fowl. But at the same time, when you have a movie like this, or like with Bob's Burgers or something like that, they're going to be its own self-contained story within this universe. It's not, it's more like um, Mandarin, no, Mandalorian, sorry. It's more like Mandalorian. It's a continuation of what has already happened versus... And you don't have to have seen every single piece of Star Wars literature to enjoy the Mandalorian. Bad example, because you, you are right. Um, and I love the Mandalorian. There's, there, there, like, there's a bee buzzing in my head. Like There's a specific example that I want to use, but I can't think of it that has done something like this. And like Bob's burgers is going to be accessible to everyone because it's Bob's burgers. They're, they're their own self-contained stories. They have all these characters that they'll introduce, you know, they'll show like, you know, the main five and then a lot of the side characters, they may even show some of the lesser known side characters in the movie, which I think is going to be great. But at the same time, like there are going to be people who have never seen Bob's Burgers who go and see the movie. Sure. But it's rare. It's like... Oh, obviously there's a built-in fan base for this sort of thing. Right. But you also might have a person who would have never even thought of it sees as much more easily digestible one-and-a-half-hour thing as opposed to months and years of waiting and hours and hours of content and be like, oh, I could get into that. Think about someone who bought, like, uh, the graphic novel of The Adventure Zone instead of listening to the whole podcast. And they're like, oh, this actually does sound fun. I'd be interested in going back and listening to this. Right. Again, that's an adaptation. It's not, until it's not you, a continuation. Until you come up with your example, I'm going to keep throwing my examples. I, I want to say, like, maybe not Wuthering Heights, but um, not Wisteria Lane. Uh, what's the... Downton Abbey. The movie was a continuation of the story. Okay. It wasn't... It might still have a self-contained story, it, where you, Which was based just, on characters that already existed, so you had to tell a story. But I would hope that if I went to a Downton Abbey movie, it wouldn't start off in the middle of an episode with absolutely no background whatsoever as to who these people are or how this universe exists. No, and I think that the, they do – there's there's kind of a built-in whenever you do something like that. You take a TV show and turn it into a movie like that. You have to have a certain amount – you have to you have to give us something. You have to give them something. Otherwise, yeah. it's just another TV episode. You don't have to reestablish the plot every time you do a new episode of the television show, but you do have to when you make a movie. Like, okay, we're about to stretch this out real far. Here's where everyone starts. Right, exactly. So, but there's there's a flip side of that, and whenever you try to be too accessible, and you make Avatar or The Last Airbender. The Maybe. movie. The last ever. Okay. So yeah. you brought up Avatar, which is good, because that's where I wanted to go with this. Uh, <laughs> Steven and Aang. Two examples of two characters who employ a radical idea called kindness, where the main thing is that they do no harm. They still fight, and they still have cool action set pieces, but at first and foremost, they want to be friends and nice to people. That's how they start and build, and that's how they grow. So what do you think of this idea for a character like that, especially when we think about other magic children stories, which were mostly uh, young girl 
you know, action stories, things like Sailor Moon, you all of a sudden were this Sailor Scout from yeah, it's a, Incomprehensible Power. Yeah, and it's and then it's a monster of the week kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think of the idea of, because this is a movie and five seasons and about to be six that we're about to watch. of six a character a movie. Of a character existing in a universe where there's no truly evil person and that if you are kind enough and generous enough to anyone, they can eventually open up that philosophy that there is no evil person that you just have to find a way to connect with them is a steven universe philosophy it's not an avatar philosophy avatar's philosophy is that violence is not the answer there's always a workaround exactly um which is it could be implied that that means kindness to not kill is a kindness right Ozai is a bastard. He has been a bastard. He will always be a bastard. But the easier thing would have been to kill him, and he didn't. I'm not... Okay, we're not disagreeing on that. (laughs) That's not the point where we're disagreeing on. Um, I'm saying that Avatar, um, even though they do choose to do the kindness route, especially at the very end, which is more in line with his character um, than uh, Steven Universe, where literally there are no antagonists. There are just people who are who haven't been turned into friends yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Um, there's another example of this kind of mentality beyond the, these two shows. Kipo in the Age of the Wonder Beasts. Mm-hmm. Kipo is starting to kind of build itself along those lines where. We've seen both seasons so far. We won't spoil anything in the second season. Right, but yeah. You are completely right, Aaron. That is an, an accurate assessment that by doing this, by being nice, by trying to understand where people are coming from, she does far more good than harm. She makes the world better by her kindness. Because that's actually how she's like discovers half of what happens in the show is that by being kind and not... Like attacking everything, like kind one of her cohorts. In a world, kind in a world where it's not good to be kind because people will take advantage of you or eat you. <laughs> exactly. So we're uh, so there's I, 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 there's a small trend. Excuse me. There is a small trend that is starting to happen, and these three shows, which in on in all honesty, all three of them have a different take on this kind of viewpoint. And all three are doing a good job or have done or are now doing a good job with it. Um, Cause I enjoy Kibo a lot. Um, oh yeah. Tons of fun. Yeah. And we're, I'm excited for season three. Very much excited for season three. Um, we talked about this, that the first season kind of ended on a weird note, but the second season kind of really did a good job. I think like letting me know like, okay, ready for more. I need to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. This one was a much cleaner cleaner cut it kind of reminded me of avatar a little bit because the end of season one was a little ambiguous ubiquitous um ambiguous ambiguous either or um the in the second season when it ends it's like all right time for season three yeah let's do it let's do it so um but the 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 main thing is that the uh the philosophy that they have feels natural with the characters that Kipo is this bright-eyed, um, you know, or optimist. Opt- exactly, optimist. She wants to see the best in people, and you know, she's kind of new to this world a little bit. Um, Steven, again, is an optimist, but he really, he genuinely wants to be everyone's friend, no matter what. Um, and then, you know, Aang, you know, he's been taught that violence is not always the answer. He's he he knows how to defend himself and knows how to attack, but always looks for that other option. And we and that again it culminates in a very good way. I don't want to spoil Avatar: The Last Airbender for those of you who haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Highly worth the binge. Um, I I'm honestly looking forward to The Legend of Korra coming out on Netflix because I want to re-binge that. Korra, where it excels, is its uh, character growth and development. And its villains. Mm-hmm. I think people will look kinder on Korra as it goes on. The fan base has been pretty mean yeah. to Korra, and I don't think she deserves there, all that. Like, there were times Aang was bordered on annoying, and he was... In much the same way that Steven had this similar problem. Exactly, but Korra, while Korra had her issues, like, she still did a shit ton, <laughs> like... <laughs> Aang did a lot too. Like neither show is like promotes something someone that didn't do anything, but it's just like 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the view on Cora will soften over time. But um, the, I do want to get into Spinell's backstory. Why don't we do that and we'll end? Okay. Um, so the thing that like really strikes me about Spinell, besides her different animation style, and Rebecca Sugar clearly loves this character and like two pieces to build her a whole movie. Um, she was actually based on. Uh, Rebecca Sugar based Spinell on a favorite stuffed rabbit that she once carelessly abandoned in her backyard as a child. Upon rediscovering it six months later, she found the toy had permanently changed after exposure to the elements. This same incident also inspired Everything Stays, the Everything Stays segment in Adventure Time. Oh, wow. Yep. Because it is heartbreaking because, once again, we... Rebecca Sugar will not be satisfied until every memory we have of Rose Quartz is tainted forever. So we have this being made, made to be Pink Diamond's friend with the same sort of madcap humor that Pink enjoyed. But then we see her as we outgrow our childish things. We see her not wanting to be around her, wanting to be taken more seriously, more mature, and then saying, okay, let's play a new game. You stay here and wait. And then I'll come back. And it's a heartbreaking song as she just stands in this garden for 6,000 years waiting for someone who's never coming back for her. What was more heartbreaking? Uh, Drift Away, which uh, is the name of the song um, and actually one of my favorites from the movie. Um, Or When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2. Um, Yeah, right, um, right. Let me just twist that knife a little bit harder. So, yeah, exactly. Like, you didn't view me as a being you viewed me as a toy as a possession that could be forgotten left behind carelessly rose quartz might be the only antagonist in this whole series because she now i say this because she doesn't get to get redeemed exactly because all the diamonds got redeemed um jasper is getting redeemed we saw her at the end of the series and that in um i'm pretty sure she's in the first episode of the next season because every time i hop on it it's always season six um but pink diamond slash rose quartz will never get that and therefore will be the only true antagonist because she will never be able to be redeemed by steven because she is steven she, she gave up herself for Steven. She obviously became better as she went along. But the fact... Did she, though? If we're looking at her as a How arc, long ago did she poof bismuth and not tell anyone? Mm-hmm. How, I mean... It's more so... Okay, well then, how about I this? Think, it's more so that we obviously start with hero worship of this woman who did all these good things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we find out that she's flawed, Um but I think Rebecca Sugar is being very deliberate in how she continuously shows faults. And I think you're right. Faults in our heroes. Yeah. And the fact that we can't get a redemption for Rose, I feel like she would. I feel like Garnet and how? Pearl and Amethyst knew her enough that they obviously did care for her. And they all cared for her very deeply. Think about this, Aaron. White Diamond literally has been subjugating planets for eons. And she got to turn her life around in one episode and now she's just a a mother who thinks you don't clean your house well enough and we're okay with that even though she tried to kill steven and we're like it cool but but so so now we have this character pink diamond slash rose quartz who's who tried tried to become better as she went along in her life but because we don't have a satisfactory bow on her arc she remains a villain she remains someone who cannot be good yeah and and that's why i chose the word antagonist not villain because she did her work or when she became rose quartz when she you know led the rebellion when she did what she did she did it altruistically she never did it to be bad she did it with the right intentions in the wrong way so like leaving spinel behind was so she could focus on her her colony. And that was early Pink Diamond. Like Pink Diamond was not a nice person when she was Pink Diamond. Yeah, she was a brat. And she does grow. I think honestly, her biggest amount of growth is after she met Greg. 
Now, there might be some evidence to contradict that, but if you think about where she was... Well, when... she didn't give herself up for any other thing. Exactly. Yeah. So Grank had something about him, or she was so ready to move on, or something along those lines, that Greg is the one that allowed Rose Quartz to finally... Maybe her redemption is Steven. And but it's it's like almost too little too late. But at the same time, no, it like still that. works that her, that her her redemption is Steven. But it he feels, still has to clean up all her mess. It feels real in a way that stories usually don't. Stories usually have a beginning, middle and end. A character's life and death has certain meaning attributed to it because of the importance in the story. But in this one, it feels like a woman who was alive, who made mistakes, who made some good choices and then is now gone and didn't get to have. A character wrap-up ending. I, I I'm not going to get into it too much um, because even though I I don't mind sharing a lot of my personal stuff on podcast on our podcast, this is one that's still a little fresh for me. Um, I I do have a kind of a similar no, not a similar situation. I have a kind of a real life counterpart to this that someone I kind of worshipped or kind of had a. Um, a soft spot hero mentality, whatever you want to call it, um, passed away. And after they passed away is when I found out about all of the stuff that happened with them. And, and even in the last couple of years, I, I keep finding out stuff about them and it's not, it's not great. Um, it, it sucks. Uh, when you have such a high mentality or a high, perception of someone and then this happened you know then like come to find out that they're you know left a, a a toy behind that had feelings and you know really wanted to just do the best or something like that and it's it's a tough feeling and uh in the fact that he constantly has to do it and he has to do it on an intergalactic scale too is and then he has to come to terms with the idea that after he returns Spinell's memories to her and says, it's okay, you're going to love again, and they get her to turn off the drill, she has this moment of clarity like, wait, did you just do that so you so I would do what you wanted me to do? Like, is this all I'm good for? Like, like is this all you wanted me for? Are you going to? Yeah, that was that to me was stronger than when it's revealed that he still has the rejuvenator and he she thinks that he was going to turn her back to normal. No, I didn't. That That's a liar's reveal, and that's not really interesting to me. But the idea that turning someone to your point of view has repercussions, that doing the right thing still means that there's a person here that you just, at some in some way, took advantage of. And Steve, and again, this is where, this is his mother in him. He probably didn't even think about it. He was just trying to get this thing done and get it for his friends and didn't think about the repercussions oh, of saving, it. Saving, so. you know, 100% of all organic life on Earth, too. Absolutely. But if if a conversation had been happened, it's like, I need your help to stop this drill. And then we can we can work on making a new relationship. Instantly done. No more fight. Nothing else. But, but she even says, like, you can't just sing a song and make everything better. That was that was the most meta moment I've ever seen in a show ever. Because <laughs> he sings this, like, very, really nice songs, like, I Can Change. Um, and he finally gets his powers back. and Because uh, that was his missing piece, if you will. And it really just showed that Steven does change. And it was funny. and Or not funny. I thought that was a really good writing part. Is that... He has all these powers where he can create bubbles, where he can create shields, heal, all this stuff. But his very first power was the power to change. And that was that blew my mind. I'm like, that is a really good line. So but yeah, the it, the the reveal of is that all you wanted me for is very similar because there's so much that happens after it. But that's such a small moment that it may pass you up. It reminds me of going back to the last Avatar, the last airbender spoilers for Avatar, the last airbender. So if you've not seen the show, stop now. Um, when uh, he is fighting Ozai at the very end of the show, he um, gets the lightning. And instead of directing it back at Ozai, which would have killed him because Ozai does not know how to redirect lightning and um, would have 
really he he was not prepared to um block it in any way he would have taken the brunt of it ang realized that and made a split second decision or a split split second decision to just redirect it away and explode like a mountaintop that is ang as the avatar in a nutshell and that is ang's that's where he won is because he he proved there and then that he was better than Ozai. Mm-hmm. So not not whenever he finally gets his avatar state and everything like that. And it, there's some really cool moments with that even. But so that moment is big. It's a small moment, but it's so it it speaks volumes. It has bigger repercussions. Exactly. So Steven not really understanding his actions, the repercussions of his actions. That was kind of the beginning of that fight, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because she slowly starts spiraling from there. Yeah. Uh, literally, figuratively, <laughs> she can spiral. Uh, and in the end, even though I'm very certain all of the liquid did go into the earth, it does get destroyed, and somehow the earth is not in danger anymore. So. Steven heals it. Well, he start, yeah, he starts kissing it and making yeah. the ground better, which is very kiss the tarmac off the plane, Pope sort of stuff, and it's very funny. You and I were both so convinced that, like, they were going to fuse and. Who? I thought we had the same. Who did you think was going to fuse? Steven and um, Spinell. Oh, no. God, no. Like, Spinell even says, like, listen, I'm thank you for being friendly to me. But listen, I I tried to kill you and I tried to destroy your planet and kind of says something that I kind of thought about the diamonds for a little bit in season five. Like, we shouldn't have just got along so perfectly already. It. it this is going to take a little bit of time. I'm going to have to work at this. And, and that's... we did get that time though, at the end of the series oh, a little. or season. <laughs> I know whenever he goes to home world, whenever he actually goes to home world and, and like realizes that he's still being compared to his mom and starts that whole saga. Then yeah, that's, that's where he realizes that even though they're happy to have him back, there's, there's not much that's changed. Exactly. So, so we have, which is a very, I think, just perfect. Whoop. Uh, Spinell and the Diamonds go back to Homeworld together because Spinell's really who reminds him of Pink Diamond. Steven, and Steven is nothing like his mom. He's everything like her and nothing like her. But this fun, uh, adorable, everything... quirky, funny thing is what reminds him of Pink Diamond. He's everything that they thought Rose Quartz was. Yes. He is, he is the embodiment of that hero-worshipping come to life Mm -hmm. so even though rose quartz wasn't absolutely all of this he is so that's where like i get a little frustrated now i'm like i I don't know it's gonna take me a while to be able to go back and start the series over again because of how much hero worship there was at the beginning of rose quartz oh we were addicted to rose quartz every time she came on i'm like yay susan egan yay now it's like it hurts it hurts like i see when i see her on screen i'm like this is not gonna end well yeah so, um, but I, I love, I do love the arc of Spinell and that in, in Rebecca Sugar even says, um, Re- Rebecca Sugar stated that when she, what she wanted people to take away from the movie in Spinell's character arc was that it's all right to be a work in progress and it's who you, it's you who needs to want to change and get better. Not everyone who wants you to get better. You have to make that choice. We've had that argument before in Steven Universe where could you just do this? Just why can't you just why can't I just make you do the thing that's right? He even does this, you know, with Peridot, I believe. Yeah, just, I think. Why can't I? It's, well, that's the ethical problem right there, isn't it, Steven? If people would just do the things <laughs> that we want him to do, probably life would get a little easier. But is it ethically sound? Yeah, I'm very. um <sighs> I'm actually reading a comic right now and uh, it talked about like uh, where a superior and uh, their subordinate um, ended up having an affair dating kind of thing. And, um, and the superior, like they, they ended it and the superior always felt bad because she always felt like she forced herself on them. And um, the uh, subordinate has to like basically spell it out. It's like, you never did. You never made those advances. You never made it like where I had to be this. I chose to be with you. 
and it's that shows that their their relationship is a lot stronger than like you know like oh I'm only using him to you know climb the corporate ladder kind of thing. So the choice to do that is always um, consent is sexy basically. That's a great way to end this one. <laughs> uh, so final thoughts on the Steven Universe movie because we're probably not going to be back here for a little while. Yeah, we we were very lucky that Rebecca decided to release the movie onto a streaming platform we already possessed. Not so fortunate yet with future, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, but I, am I glad I watched it? Yes. Do I feel like it hits similar points before? Yes, but I will concede that that was for people who hadn't watched the show so they could feel like they knew the characters better. Uh, am I forever glad for Steg? Yes. <laughs> yes Steg with a pompadour and like the ripped shirt. Just the crazy amounts. Just wh- why had we not thought of that before? Of all the fusions we have been talking about and looking forward to, why do we never think, oh yeah, Steven and his dad, duh. Well, I think that's because of what the nature of fusion was before and what it has become now. Now, like I want to see the, the fusion of Steven and Lapis, Lapis and Peridot, um, Steven and Bismuth, Bismuth and Garnet. I want to see like, um, uh, there's a, uh, oh, she's got the fusion Bible somewhere. So somewhere in the world, Rebecca somewhere. has a book that tells you exactly how this works. I want to see, I, I, like there's um there's a, a a website where you can take two Pokemon and like basically smash them together. It's like I want to see all of these different people. I want to see Lapis and uh, Pearl fuse. I want to see that. That'd be cool as hell. <laughs> um, very prim and proper, uh, but likes to make uh, not with just the hardest edge. Yeah. Oh, that was one more thing. Thank you for bringing up Lapis. Um. Spinel has been dealt almost as rough a card as Lapis Lazuli has, and that's why I forgive her for a lot of the shit that she does, just as we forgave Lapis. In much the same way, just to be left hovering on a dying garden for 6,000 years, yeah, I think she's allowed to get a little mad at that point. So, uh, yeah, I I liked the movie. Um, the songs were amazing. So many songs. The animation was pretty good, too, and especially for Spinel. They had a lot of fun with that, so... I um, it's got its flaws, but I feel like if this were if you wanted to consider this like half a season or uh, a full season, none of the five seasons were perfect from beginning to end. There was always one episode where we're we're both kind of like, meh. (laughs) Um, So this has but this is just spread out for an hour and a half. And so like the flaws are a lot smaller because they're not an entire fucking episode. Right. Um, It's. It's still I'm I, I'm I'm with you in that boat that I'm glad I watched it and I'm glad that I got to experience it. Um, it's not my favorite, but I think I think the fact that they do introduce Spinel means she will show up in Steven Universe future, and for that I am grateful. I'm, I'm about ninety percent sure she does. Yeah. So if it's if it's a uh, if it has to do the job of both a loving setup to the original and set pieces in play for Steven Universe future. I think it did its job well. And I may have different thoughts on it after we finish future. Future, yeah. Um I, I'm consider I'm I'm curious to see where future goes. Um because I've heard some some reviews of it, like like non spoiler or just like overall reviews of it. Um overall thoughts. And um they, they were interesting to say the least. So not all positive. I won't I won't lie. So I'm looking forward to actually getting to do that. So, but I will leave you guys. Um, so first off, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, we really won't be back next week. We really we will really not be won't. back next week. Even if we, even if it comes on HBO max, we're not going to watch it next week. <laughs> um, uh, and thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, for those of you who are listening um, and be sure to like our, our normal page. Uh, we're going to get back into the normal swing of things. Uh, here this week. week um so be sure to do that and um if you have any ideas for us we're always uh interested here we actually try to take most of them if we don't do all of them yeah message us on facebook or you can email us married to the idea reviews at gmail.com yeah and thank you guys so much uh for those who have been on this journey with us um to this point we're still you know got one more season to go uh but we we appreciate and love you and also if you managed to make it through all two and a half hours last week, 
you are our friend and we love you. Um, but wow, who, who am I kidding? You're all our friends. Um, so thank you guys so much. So I, I leave you with these two fun little tidbits uh, about the movie. Uh, Shel- Shel- Shelby uh, Rabara, the voice actress of Peridot, is a trained tap dancer and recorded several videos of herself dancing for the animators to use as reference for the no matter what sequence uh, when Steven helps Amethyst get her uh, memory back. <laughs> and uh, the one that I thoroughly enjoyed, I, I, I think I screamed it in your ear at one point, uh, when Garnet and pearl first reform back to their selves they go through a bunch of different versions uh pearl going through like her old looks um and garnet going through a couple different things they also reform at one point back into their original and i'm talking original forms in the original pilot that steven universe had but um the one with, that Dent, uh, Gendy Derekovsky worked on right, with Rebecca yeah. Sugar. Yeah, it was it was a much different animation style and characters and everything like that. Um and there was actually just a little fun little reference when Amethyst reformed because she did her pearl uh when she when she reformed as pearl uh during the Amethyst Garnet and Steven episode at the kindergarten. So <laughs> uh the I thought that was a fun little inserts in there. So uh, thank you guys so much, and as always, remember, only you can keep Beach City quarantined. quarantined.